Brought to you by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tour Specialists, AFIA Sports Training, committed to developing the sporting potential of future players in the U.S., U.K., and across the world. And Dub Pies, Down Under Pies. Stop by, say hi, and eat pie. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up, talking rugby in Midtown Manhattan. We're talking global rugby, but this time today we are talking American rugby at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34. And we have Mr. Uh, Steve Lewis, a USA rugby congressman, uh, amongst other things. Uh, We have Mr. Barry Herbert, who lives in Denver. He's a South African and he knows a lot about American rugby. And we Mr. Kiss Lensing, who has already made a huge splash on the American rugby landscape as a coach with the MLR Rugby United squad. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we're here to basically get the, in, the skinny on the latest with USA Rugby's Board of Directors and Congress from Mr. Steve Lewis. Stephen, take it away. Matthew, Congress meeting was in Denver this last weekend, and um, the only positive thing that came out of it was that there were a couple of new board members ratified. So now the board is up to eight. You have eight seats out of the nine filled. Um, so the board put forward two, two names. Jim Brown, who's got a long-time association with um, USA Soccer, was uh, very much instrumental in getting the World Cup bid here for 2026. And Julie Lau, who is a manager director director KPMG, so audit fiscal control um, was her sort of strength. So those two are on the board. That leaves, now we've got an eight-person board, um, which is hopefully something that will propel us forward. So that was a positive thing. Um, Thereafter, very little of note was um, achieved. Um, Disappointed, disenchanted, disillusioned. Anything else I can think of, start with this, but it was um, pretty poor showing. Very frustrated, very frustrated. Just the, um, you, you know, we know we need governance reform. We know the nominating committee was a mess. We know the appellate committee is a mess. And the inability of Congress to grasp the nettle and, t- and take on these issues and come up with solutions is just um, is mind-blowing to me. So what was the most frustrating thing for you? Well, there was a group um, of which I was involved peripherally. There were other people who did the hard yards, did most of the work, you know, who, who put together some bylaw revisions, you know, about uh, looking through the bylaws, how can we improve things, how can we change things. And they did a lot of work. And, you know, we, we, didn't, we, we didn't really discuss it. Um, we talked around things. Oh, let's let's set, set up working groups, bring in stakeholders, blah, blah, blah. Bigger you government. Know? Yeah, it gets, it gets punted down the road for another six months. So... So, you know, it really gives you very little hope that Congress as a body can achieve anything in its current state. I mean, governance is broken, right? We've got rid of a failed board. We've got a new board in. Hopefully they can do their stuff. Congress has got to take a real look at itself in the mirror. I mean, you've got 46 people, most, mostly well-intentioned and working hard at the grassroots, but um, sometimes not really, you know, educating themselves or taking the challenge. If you want to be on a board that makes a difference or a or a governmental body that makes a difference, then do the work. So just for... That's going to make me a lot of friends. Yeah, well, you've got <laughs> friends right here that you all you need, and he's there you enormous. Go. So there you go. You got, that's all you need. Uh, so take, take us through for, for uh, John and Joan Q. Public on the street that don't know the, the procedure here. You fly yourself out to Denver out of your pocket for this meeting. Yeah, right? I'm one of five out of 46 that pay their own way. I managed to find and put that question to the body. So 
Five out of 46 that pay your own way. Yeah, I mean, there's different things. So clubs are typically paid by the local union, right? So, so Empire pays for Ken Paper, Mike Crafton. Um, youth are well organized. They, um, youth in high school said so they pay their own way. College rugby is really a, a department of USA rugby and therefore doesn't have a lot of funds. Um, so I get it. But, you know, it's a little frustrating. But they, they have agreed to re, um, reimburse me on this occasion. I've got a positive. Finally, I've got a positive. Just remembered. Um, so Ross Young did a presentation, State of the Union. There's a Q&A. Uh, and then the new CFO, Eric Gleason, did a presentation. Now he's, he's quite an impressive guy. Um, so that, that does fill you with confidence. He um, you know, was on top of his figures, which is what one would hope from a CFO. He also has, I think, sort of a good bedside manner for an accountant. Uh, he's also a USA soccer guy. He's been involved there for some time. Um, so he, he was a bright spot. He did quite well. Yeah, my intel on Mr. Gleason, uh, because there are rumors out there, or you know, in, in, people saying things like uh, he's taken the job because he was no good at soccer. Why would you leave the soccer world not, for this? Not, but instead, it was because it was kind of stagnant for him where he was, and in fact, his boss was very sorry to see him go, which is always a great point. So, everything that I've got, I've heard about him is that he's he's solid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, cast any aspersions on the reasons why he left USC Soccer. I mean, it's just a new challenge, right? Well, that, aren't we all a little nutty to be involved in this, this whole thing? This is called USA Rugby, right? And I don't mean the organization. I just mean I Ameri- think in particular, if you're an accountant, you want to become CFO of USA Rugby. There's yeah. <laughs> something not right there. No, he's, he's a good guy, and so let's, let's get behind him. Let's support him. Let's hope he sorts out, you know, most of that accounting mess. There were some other interesting things popped up, and there were some questions asked by certain individuals. Uh, pro rugby lawsuit. He's not going to tell us certain individuals. Pro rugby lawsuit. Yeah. Who okay. do you think asked that one? Um, Vegas Sevens. Who do you think asked that one? And um, an interesting one was really about the world rugby presence on the board. We, we talked about Gus Pichos on the board. So there were some mis- uh, misconceptions out there that world rugby, with the seat on the board, had a veto on who, be- who got on the board. And so we just wanted some clarification around that and the terms of the, uh, the, the line of credit or the loan guarantee, what have you. Uh, that is not the case. They don't, they don't have a binary veto. They don't have a power of veto per se. What they do have is um, they, do, they are entitled to input around senior hires. Um, not unreasonable if you're lending people a couple of million dollars. So, so that was cleaned up. That was cleared up. There, was, you know, uh, there were conspiracy theorists out there. Uh, and uh, that was just good to cl- clarify that. Barry, you live in Denver. You've got your ear to the ground and a lot about uh, American rugby. What are the rumblings that you hear about this stuff, or do you hear anything at all? Uh, yeah, a fair bit, Matt. Um, you know, I've been having a very good look at uh, Major League Rugby. I know the discussions around USA Rugby uh, at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, by all accounts, what Steve is saying, unfortunately, seems to be the seems to be the case. There's um, I, I do feel for USA Rugby, I must say. It, it is one hell of a job trying to pull all of this together, uh, trying to manage everything that's on their plate. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of criticism that they're maybe not doing what they should be. Um, so I, I do feel it's a very difficult job that they have on their hands trying to run rugby in this country and the logistics behind all of it, the costs involved in running rugby. So it's not easy. It's going to take time. Um, but uh, I just hope that everything that happens in USA Rugby ends up uh, filtering upwards towards the U.S. Eagles. 
uh, and getting that team, uh, you know, getting getting the Eagles where they need to be. Um, I think that's the that's the ticket. So whatever happens, just as long as everybody involved works towards the benefit of USA Rugby and then, of course, the national team. Or, te- uh, so or teams. Like we should say teams. Teams. Beg your pardon. Teams, yes. More than one team. Um, but, yeah, that, that would be my wish and hope for USA Rugby is that the professional game, the clubs, the universities and colleges all funnel upwards. Um, how they get that right is a massive challenge. But, um, you know, I wish I wish them all the best in the boardroom. I know it's difficult times right now, but let's hope for the best. You know, let's let's uh, let's be positive as well and um, try and seize the moment, because I believe the moment has arrived for U.S. rugby. And um, if not now, then I don't know when uh, this is this is the time. It's going to be great. It's just going to be great, Steve. Yeah, I'm going to echo that positivity. Right. So national teams are going well both men's and women's, 15s and 7s, um, despite what's going on in the board and Congress. Um, so they're going well, and we want that to continue. Great stuff happening at high school uh, level. Great stuff ha- happening at collegiate level. So all the pieces there. What do we want from governance anyway? What, what do we want from the board and from, and, and to a lesser extent, Congress? All we want is um, a vision. All we want some direction. We want some commercial planning. Um, we just want the, gov- the board to set the table, you know, not to be too involved hands-on and everything else, um, but we just want them to, to, to just frame it and give it the right context for the game, all the good things that are happening yeah. to continue to flourish. Um, MLR, national teams, high school, whatever it might be. So that, that's what you want from a board. Really, you want benign indifference and maybe a bit of direction and a bit of leadership. Obviously, the, what we've had in the last two years is near bankruptcy. And, um, and zero vision. So if they get their piece right, everyone else is doing their work, all is well. So you're now involved in Major League Rugby, and you've been around all different setups in rugby, all different governing bodies. Does any of this, any of this stuff filter down to you guys? Does it affect any of the, the play on the ground yet? Or you know, I know it's early right now for you with, with Rooney, Rugby United New York, but will any of this stuff get to the players or is it just they're just going about business? No, I think there's definitely, because it's, there's some uncertainties, and it's just simple things like the roster. They haven't really, I think the roster, is, we've sit on, I don't know how many drafts has been out, they haven't really finalized the, 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 the roster yet. Uh, what, the, the APCs? You know, who's playing where, away games, and uh, yeah. the timing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that, the that national stuff. test. Yeah. Just, uh, there's, there's, and I think um, it's a small thing. Simple thing that need to be sorted out. But the sooner you sort it out, the, the sooner the teams can make their planning and they can do all those things. And, and again, it's that's what I'm listening and it's in the small things on our side, like I said, uh, the amount of foreigners, the amount of uh, players you can get, a little bit of uh, those things. As soon as you can get more of those results or those clarifications sorted out, make certain people, make sure that we have all those details on the table. Um, it's it's it help everyone down down the line, but it comes to what's happening at the top. If you organize at the top, everyone know exactly what his job is and what's the goal, where we're going. Like Steve said, if there's a clear vision, where they want to take USA Rugby and where yeah. they want to take the company as a whole, um, and that will definitely help things at the bottom. So, but I'm very positive. Like this country, there's so much potential, and I think we just need to be patient. It's, it's going to take a while. It's definitely yeah. going to take a while. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Steve, uh, the, ugly, or the ugly duckling or the 800-pound gorilla in the room, sanctioning agreement, MLR, 
Pro Rugby USA. What's the latest on sanctioning from USA Rugby for the new setup? Don't believe it's sanctioned yet. MLR. Right. Well, and, and, and we haven't heard anything that would indicate yeah. that. And no. So it's but just... My understanding is they're having discussions. And the league is going to take place. And yeah, they played one year. Continue this is, on. This is America. Play a second a year. Do you need a sanction? Do you need a sanction? Let's ask Ted Stevens. Uh, there you go. There you go. But um, perhaps it's another show, right? But, I mean, again, it gets back to what is the role of the, of the board? I mean, this clash you have in, in England, you have it in France. It's not a clash here. I mean, if the MLR is sustainable, to be honest, in five to ten years, the MLR, yes, the rugby board becomes somewhat inconsequential, you know. Um, but we're at this stage in the evolution of our game in this country. We're just coming out of amateurism. We're not quite in professionalism. There's a lot of strains, a lot of tensions. Um, I've said this before. The evolution of professional sports, professional sports in America is not linear. There, are, there is litigation, pro rugby. There are mergers. There are bankruptcies. Um, it's not a straight line, and that's okay. It's happened in every other sport. Yeah. If you're a player and you want to play from Namibia, and they're not sanctioning, sanctioning a pro rugby setup that you had an offer to play for, what do you do? No, if you're good enough, uh, you, need to, you need to move. So, like, uh, if you think Cam Dolan now, he, he, go in, he got a better offer, an MLR, he couldn't get good enough money to play in America, so he moved to England, and he go and play in England. So, you... Because if you want to make the game professional and you want to be in the best, you want to do it at full time and you want to be a professional player. So you're going to jump the ship or whatever you want to call it. You're going to go to Europe or if you get the chance. Not everyone gets the chance to go there and play their sport across the board. So I guess my question, though, is is the carrot that's dangling in front of you on the stick uh, for playing for the national team the thing that drives you or is it getting that pro contract because this is what we're coming to potentially ahead with USA rugby and sanctioned professional setups in uh, America. I think it's always pride. You always want to play for your country. There's, there's, there's never, it doesn't matter where you're in the world. Um, you always want to represent your country and you want to, you want to honor the flag and all that stuff, but um, you need to support your family and you want to improve your game. So, and what is the, what, how long is it going to take for USA Rugby or MLR to get to that stage right. where I can have a, a, a salary or income for my family and where I can play at a decent level or I can go and test myself against the best in the world and I go to Europe, I go to France or I go somewhere else in the world. So, um, yeah, so that, the, the carrot is um, if you're really into this game and you put your life on it and you make a decision, you're going to go where you get the best opportunity to play with the best players. No. I, I think you're anticipating a problem here. This, it's not a problem as yet. Yeah, no. no, no, what you're saying is, theoretically, if a league played and wasn't sanctioned, other governing bodies could deny those players the right to play elsewhere. Mm. But that's not happening. USA Rugby doesn't have a problem with MLR. No. Uh, they're talking through it right now. They're seeing how it works for both parties. Both parties are, are moving the same direction. So it's not like they're going to turn around and say, you guys can't play for the Eagles. Mm. So, so there, there, isn't, right. there could be a problem. There isn't a problem. Okay. Uh, Barry, final thoughts, because we are out of time. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks very much for having me. Um, yeah, uh, onwards and upwards for USA Rugby. Lots of challenges, long way ahead. But, uh, you know, let's, let's all remain positive and try and uh, 
work towards the end goal, which is uh, is is a good showing in the World Cup for you know for 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 the Eagles. Um, so you know if the Eagles keep doing better, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot better rugby uh, participation in this country, and uh, that's what we need right now. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's hope for the best for 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 the Eagles going forward. All right, since you're in Denver, we need you to go put your ear to the walls of any meetings that are going on. If you need disguises, we have them, and we can supply you with those. Thanks, Matt. Thanks very much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. All right, cheers. Steve? Quick shout-out. Um, APC starts this weekend, which is the sort of second string tournament. Um, America's Pacific Challenge, I think, is the, the nomenclature right now. Uh, Tonga, Uruguay, Argentina, U.S., Canada, and someone else, Samoa, I think. So that's really, this is, um, it's sort of a five-game, three-week tournament. Uh, very important for development for American players. Um, so best of luck to those guys. Anything, final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I'm just... Uh, Rudy going uh, quick, undefeated this year? Quick question. Are, how are all blue doing? Are they 4-0, I believe? Yeah, we at the moment, we're going good. Uh, then by the next two weeks, going to be the real challenge for the season. Uh, so hopefully we can keep our... Feet on the ground and, and, and keep the scoreboard ticking. And yeah, we'll see. Did, 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 did they beat the AC? Once. Yeah. Uh, once away. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, you know, I, you're, you're with Rooney, Rugby United New York. You're yes. also helping out with Old Blue. Yes. You're also helping out with Bayonne. Yeah, Bayonne. Bayonne, Bayonne and, Rugby. And yeah. Iona. And uh, Iona. Yeah, so I'm a little bit busy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. On that note, gentlemen, thank you for coming in uh, and thank you for calling in, Barry. On behalf of Mr. Barry Herbert, Mr. Steve Lewis, and Mr. Keir Slinsing, I'm Matt McCarthy at Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34, talking rugby in New York City, signing off.